Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. people listening who have watched the US Open many many times but they've never been to Flushing Meadows give me three words to describe the Flushing Meadows US Open experience oh that's a good question I think um or oh, do I have to do it in just just three words can I make three points <laughs> um, go on yeah yeah okay three points three okay points. well one of, one of the words would be like the show because it's just such yeah. a show. Yeah, it's just sort of spectacular and star studded and it's all about the main courts and it's it's just yeah, I don't know. I mean it is it, it's just it's it's an amazing show, I think. In, in comparison to the other slams that I suppose they they are a, a, f- a phenomenal show that people can obviously enjoy, but I think that's sort of a byproduct. They just they just do the tennis well, and it becomes a show. Whereas the U.S. Open is how can we make this a great show, and yeah. and that's sort of their their jumping off point in comparison to the others. Would you agree with that? Yep. And you are on brand because the theme of the U.S. Open this year is spectacular awaits. That's it. Spectacular awaits, and it it, it does. There's always something about it, isn't there? Um, yeah, and then the only other thing, the other thing that jumps out at me is the smells from the from the food stands. But that's mainly because I was only ever on teeny tiny courts right next to a, <laughs> a food stand. So, so yeah, so the smells of food, good food. Um, oh, absolutely. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I can't think of a third. What would you say? You do I the mean, third. I w- I would throw in chaos or madness because yeah. there is the the madness of of the US Open whether and a lot of the players most of the players will stay in Manhattan it's this sort of it's it's 24/7 it doesn't stop there's getting the media bus the media transport a number of the players will go on the media bus and their coaches or the transport it's getting stuck in the traffic jams it's sometimes the media bus getting lost there's there's always noise there's always there's not really a quiet spot and you find that don't you with some players that they embrace it and they love it and they love the madness and the, and the smells wafting onto their court and the show and others I think they find it quite overwhelming it's already always stood out for you Petra Kvitova who's actually spoken about how overwhelming it can be and I think for some players when their journey comes to an end it's kind of like a ah, oh, I just need to go somewhere quiet because it's 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 all the time, isn't it? It's, you talked about it as a show. It's a show 24 hours, seven. You, you're in the heart of Manhattan. Everyone crowded together. There, there isn't, you see all the players at the similar kind of coffee shops nearby the media buses. It's, it's 24, it's, it's, as I've got older, I remember when I was younger and I went there, I, I kept thinking, I need to live here. You know, I need to, I don't know whether I'd watch too much sex. Yeah, I don't know whether I'd watch too much sex in the city, but when I was younger, this was Fair before enough, children. Fair enough, that'll do it. I think, but you know what I mean? I just thought, I need to live here. This is fun. I can go shopping in CVS at four o'clock in the morning for stuff I don't need. There's all the food choices everywhere. There's all this noise. There's this vibrancy. But as I've got, as I've got older, I absolutely still love going there. But when it's finished, 
I'm ready to leave <laughs> and I need to go and find somewhere quiet. Yeah, but you're still you're still excited about your CVS trips though. <laughs> love them. I, 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 I genuinely love them. And if anyone's going to be out there, they will find me at some point during the night. I feel like I should give you a list of things to get me if you do a, a midnight no, run. Because it, it's it's no fun during the day. I could there's probably times when I could go maybe early morning or a civilized time. You got to go kind of late night and just have a little wander around. And the tennis is going on. It seems like all night shows are going on. The shops are open. The restaurants. It's uh, no, I I absolutely love it. But it's part of the it's part of the personality, isn't it? That's reflected on the US Open. That kind of the madness and the craziness, the spectacle, the show, it's it's really reflected very well in terms of the tournament itself. Yeah, and we, we get that with the night sessions. I mean we just the ridiculously big stadium that Arthur Ashe is with the view <laughs> of the New York skyline, with you know, just all sorts of things. We have the anthem of course. I think it's the only slam that will do the anthem a lot. Um, well, before every night session, right? I imagine is it every every yep. night? Yeah. Anyway, you know, yep. just yeah. I mean, everywhere you look, it's US of A. That's that's it. Like sort of coming at you, and um, and it's it, but it's great. I mean, it is so buzzy, but yeah, it's exhausting because, as I say, it's not like you retreat to a quiet part of the city when you're done at the the chaos that is the slam you go into manhattan and it's just as much chaos i mean you get off the bus at two o'clock in the morning and as you say it's it's as if it's two o'clock in the afternoon in that place it's it it just is isn't it so uh yeah it's definitely an, an exhausting an exhausting place to be a few things that the tournament have done for the players. They're getting an extra $1,000 for travel. They're getting an extra hotel room. If they need it, I can't believe they need it, but they've got more budget to buy food on site. I mean, I think the budget's already quite big, but they've got an extra amount that they can spend to feed themselves and the team that they're with. And something else that's happening is they're trialing, or the, the WTA are trialing the same balls as the men. Yes. So it's it's amazing, isn't it? I, I find this amazing that for so long they played with different balls. It was the only slam that sort of ever done it. But I found it, I was just looking to it a little bit more. And I just find it really strange that for so long they have used a different ball. And the WTO have said, haven't they, because the, the balls, the extra duty balls, the menus are slightly heavier. So they went with the, is it the regular duty ones because they were worried about injuries to sort of arm and shoulder, et cetera, et cetera. But there were a few complaints. I think one of them was Igor Shviontek, and they're gonna they're gonna trial it. And I mean, do do you find it strange that they've used a different ball? I know they've had a couple of tournaments now to get used to it, but that they haven't used the same. It's very weird. I honestly have no idea why they've done it at all. Because it's not like okay, the it's, that's how it's worked all year, and. You know, the WTA Tour and the ATP Tour have used different balls and the women's use lighter ones and, and that's just how it's always been. It's just yeah. it, it's just this tournament. It makes absolutely no sense. Um, look, it, it, it favours some players. Don't get me wrong, there's plenty of players saying, no, don't change the balls. <laughs> um, but for a lot of players, they, they would much prefer them to be, to be the same. It's definitely a large adjustment, as I say, because you don't... Um, you, you don't experience that for the rest of the year. So it is an adjustment to go, right, okay, all of a sudden we're using these these lighter balls and 
Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just a, it's just a weird one. I don't get it. I, I mean, I'd love to be able to explain why. And they can say injuries, but I mean, come on, players play with really heavy balls at Wimbledon. The lozenges are, are heavy because the courts are, so, are normally so quick, but the American courts are very quick as well. So I just I don't know. I, honestly, I've got I've, I've got, <laughs> I just don't know. They've changed it. It just feels like well, yeah, finally. Do you think they change? Can you see it favouring anybody greatly? So the ones they used to use were a little bit quicker, a little bit lighter, a little bit softer. These ones are heavier. They go a little bit slower. I mean, I know Igish Fiontek was one of the voices. And Anjibar actually said, I'm going to have a word with Igor because my shoulder's going to hurt tomorrow <laughs> because they were using the different balls. Do you see it being an advantage to any player or not really? Yeah, I think it's probably an advantage and this is going to, I don't know, it might not be what people um, expect, but um, I think it's going to be an advantage to the big hitters. So the really, really big, the stand and deliver hitters, I think like a little bit more weight to the ball. Um, I think that, you know, if you look at the winners um, over the over recent years, I do think the light balls suit um, even Iga Shontek, I know she was complaining about them last year, but I think that was just a complete distraction to try and release the pressure off of her. I think she was absolutely fine with the balls because I think it suits that sort of faster player. So a player that plays up the court um, and that wants to get these balls to fly through the air um, and really get away from from their opponents. I mean, even when you think about Raducanu winning as well, like, you know, she played, you know, she's not a massive striker. She takes the ball early. Obviously, it's a very clean strike. Andrescu, again, like it... You know, I mean, other really since Serena, okay, Osaka's got a, a, a pretty big strike, but she's not a stand and deliver type. But when you look at the winners, I do think that's quite interesting. So I, I think that the more, uh, yeah, stand and and deliver. So like a Sabalenka, I think she'll be lapping this up. She'll be like, this is this is excellent because it will just give her a fraction more time against those quicker players, against the Shionte. She's not going to get overwhelmed as much. And if you think... Back to you mean US Open, it's been very, very fast when it comes to a hard court in recent years. That the rumours are it's slower this year. It seems to be. Um from what I've seen in qualies, it seems to be a little bit slower. Um, but it's just about everything, right? If you have a warm US Open, if you have fast conditions and you have a lighter ball, then it's just it's so rapid. And as I say, big powerful hitters don't like it to be fast and furious they like it to be steady that's what they're looking for so they might find a little bit more security in the ball but then it depends on the conditions because if it's a wet gloomy heavy us open which you can get sometimes you get some torrential rain years it it can be pretty intense then the heavy balls are not going to suit really anyone i think it's a bit bit more difficult but then i'm talking as if they're heavier than normal they're just the same (laughs) so not the same as not the same as last year but the same as the men's I've noticed while you were talking about balls that the top you're wearing is the same colour as your wallpaper. It is very orange in here. <laughs> it's very orange. Yes. I'm in an orange room. I'm not at home. I'm in an orange room. And uh, I'm wearing a sort of a burnt orangey top. Yes. Do you know what? Orange is my favourite colour. You you sort of blend in. I like, no, it's it's, it's very nice colour, but I just, I don't know why you were talking about the balls. I just suddenly thought you're actually blending in <laughs> with your background. Um, where would you like to start? The men or the women? Oof. Let's start with the men, shall we? Let me get up my drawer. Right. Start with the men. So we know we knew Alcaraz was going to be the top seed. He just he was beaten the final in Cincinnati, but he just had to get to the final to assure the fact that he would come in defending champion as he is as the top seed. And just just a word on that Cincinnati final. I mean, I was I was I was thinking 
Djokovic a set and a breakdown, looking like he was going to pass out from heat stroke, having his pulse taken. I was like, okay, I'm going to get to bed by about midnight. So I was kind of turning some lights off. I thought this would just be a few more minutes. And then it's two o'clock in the morning and I'm sort of crawling into bed. That was, that was sensational. I mean, I just want to, I just want to watch that, that match up every week. Yeah. Unbelievable, wasn't it? That is amazing. Yeah. Another level really extraordinary think the last two meetings so Wimbledon final Cincinnati final well any meeting now is going to be a final isn't it um yeah potentially US Open final I think everybody wants it to happen right it's already got that sort of Roger and Rafa feel about it as in like everybody just wants that to be the final every single time no room for upsets no room for anybody else coming through or injuries or whatever like that's what people are paying the money for and people buying final tickets to any Masters event any Slam the World Tour finals that's what they'll be expecting oh it's it, it was it was mind-blowing you're, you're absolutely right I think it's it's the final that everybody wants to see so we find ourselves with our Alcaraz he's looking to be the first player since Roger Federer in 2008 to defend his US Open title because this is this is the slam of all the four that doesn't always follow form it doesn't always go down the path you sometimes can get the unexpected and that's to do with the the time of year the state that the players are in by the time they roll up in New York as we we touched on the the atmosphere there you you do get the odd thing happening but it is very difficult, and look, we'll get to predictions, to see past one of these two coming away with the title. They're just so far away now, aren't they, from so the rest of the pack. I mean, as I think I was saying last time, you've got them as the top two, then you've got a gap, and there's Medvedev, and then there's a gap, and then I think everybody else, is that possibly fair to say? Well, not everybody, well, but then, you know, we continue on. Well, I feel like that's our men's preview done. So, shall we move on to the women? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, we, we've got to we've got to give the others a look. look. Let's have a look through. The one thing I was looking at is the amount of um, what do I call them? The um, I don't want to call them a lost generation, a different generation, an older generation. So, unfortunately, Kevin Anderson fell second round of qualifying. We know he's making his comeback, but in the draw, we've got Raonic. We've got Monfils, we've got Gasquet, and we do have Nishikori, although I was reading something today saying he's only 50-50 because he's got a knee problem. He's given an interview in in, um, in France, a knee problem that's not quite there. And John Isner, his final tournament as a professional player. There's always so much going on. Firstly, Milos Raonic drawing Stefano Tsitsipas, upset alert, oh, first round. Yeah, that's brutal. 100%. Because Milos has just about had enough matches that he'll be feeling like, I could do this over best of five as long as he's fit and healthy. Um, and uh, Stefanos, well, he's been really struggling. So that could be a, a top seed tumbling in the first round. Um, and then and then John, yes, his final US Open. What an incredible career. It'd be, it'd be really nice. I hope that he uh, can do well and play well. And, uh, you know, we, we felt like the end was coming. It's not a surprise at all. Um, but nice that he gets to do it at the US Open. I'm sure all of his family will be there. He'll be it'll, it'll be a really nice moment. Be on a big court and all sorts. So um, yeah, I mean he's got so many records. What's he got? Most amount of aces ever. Longest match ever. Just <laughs> lots, lots of it. it. But probably I'm going to guess most tie breaks ever as well. Must be. I haven't it, actually looked at that. Must be though. It's quite rare that a John Isner match passes by without one of those involved. So okay, we've already pretty much decided 
the final. But if we let, let's let's go from top to bottom. So the first quarter, you're looking at Alcaraz leading that quarter, and, and the bottom is propped up by Yannick Sinner. And we want to see a repeat of last year's quarterfinal between those two. The seeds in there: Dan Evans, Talon Greekspor, Cam Norrie. Um, Grigor Dimitrov is in there and just a few other names. Oh, Sasha Zverev is in the mix as well, former finalist at US Open. And just a couple of names I just chucked in. You've also got Stan Wawrinka and, and Andy Murray in that little court. And the first thing, if you're a British listener that stands out, is yes, Murray... Norrie and Evans all in the same little chunk. Yeah, all on playing on the same day, aren't they? All the Brits. Everybody's out on yep. Tuesday. Unless, yeah, as we speak, there are two left, uh, Lily Miyazaki and Liam Brody, as we speak ah. on Saturday, two left in qualifying. But if they do not make it through, yeah, all the Brits are playing on Tuesday. Yes. Um, but no, it's a, an interesting little section. I think most people have commented that the draw is quite top-heavy. Um, lots of threatening yep. names for Alcaraz to really try and deal with and a couple in that one quarter as it stands because of course there's Sinner and his record against Sinner is not as good as it is against almost every other top 10 player um, and then you've got um, Sasha Zverev in there who could upset Sinner to get to the quarterfinals because you just never quite know with him and he's been building his level nicely um, you know I don't think anybody else is really going to be a threat to Alcaraz, a challenge for sure. You know, I mean, somebody like Talon Grichbor has been playing very well. Um, I would sort of anticipate him coming through that little section to the fourth round because um, Cameron Norrie's not not been finding some brilliant form recently. Um, so yeah, but I mean, so th- there's definitely some challenges. I mean, Dan Evans as well. That could be um, interesting for him. But as I say, the only real threats would be Sinner and Zverev. I think that would be uh, th- that'd be very fascinating. That wouldn't be because they're in the same little section. So that wouldn't be until the quarterfinals. So yeah, very still very much expecting Alcaraz to come through. The second quarter, and this is highlighting your point that it, it does feel very top heavy in terms of the names I've written down. This is this is my longest list of names. Now, the second quarter is headed by Daniel Medvedev, former US Open champion. And if it goes to seedings, he would have Rublev in the quarterfinals. But in between, just some names I've highlighted, including the C's, Uga Umber, Hubert Herkatch, Karen Hishanov, Alex de Menor. There's also Nicholas Jarry and, and Borna Chorich are the other seeds in there. Um, Kanish Curry, although not as in he's going to make a deep run, but Justin is a, a name I was highlighting. Jack Draper, don't know about the fitness. John Isner, we've touched on. Gail Monfisa mentioned. And Matteo Berrettini, that dangerous, dangerous player that isn't seeded and just keeps popping up in the draw. Yeah, taking on Ugo Umber, who is the seed. And it's one of those things where Umber, he just snuck into being seeded. He's the 29th seed. And you think, you know, being seeded is such a massive difference, especially if you can just squeeze in, because that guarantees you playing somebody ranked lower than you for the first two rounds. And now we know there are some dangerous floaters, but that's that's pretty rubbish, isn't it, to be playing Berrettini first <laughs> round? You're like, I would have been better off not being seeded. There are seeds that are easier than this. Um, so, <laughs> so bummer for Ugo. But it's, I mean, he can still win the match, of course. I think he's been playing quite well recently and he's had uh, you know some decent victories. Um, who was I going to say? There's um, somebody lurking in there. Oh, yes, Max Purcell, the Aussie. Um, he's been doing tremendously well. 
Um, re- I mean, he's just on a roll, right? As in just winning, 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 winning. Um, absolutely churning out the volume. I know he lost a little early in Winston-Salem this week. I was covering that event. But, you know, he's interesting. He's a tricky player. He's a different player. He's a serve volleyer. And he's going to be playing Daniel Medvedev in the second round if they both win. And I think it's going to be tough. I mean, the serve and then the cushioned short volley for Medvedev, that's a nightmare for him. We saw him really struggling against Maxime Cressy before. I think that was at the Australian Open. It just, you know, that's going to be a tough matchup for him. And not only is it a tough matchup, Max Purcell has been doing unbelievably well. reached the quarters in Cincinnati. He is just, you know, he's absolutely flying and he's beating some really good players. So that could be a really fun one. I think we might see Medvedev on the ropes. I imagine Medvedev will do what he normally does in then towards the end of the match, eventually go, fine, I won't return seven metres behind the baseline, I will change what I'm doing and then possibly win. But I think we'll see him, we'll see him under pressure there. So I'm, I'm hopeful for that as uh, sort of the second round. Um, in terms of who's coming through the section, again, as we were saying earlier, you've got the top two, then you've got a gap, then you've got Medvedev. So if Medvedev is really producing anywhere near eight out of 10, I think he's coming through that section. Yeah, Medvedev, he's 31-4 and four on hard courts this year. He's got the best record on tour on the hard court. He's won this before. This is his best Grand Slam in terms of numbers. Hasn't, though, been in a major final since Australian Open 2022. I think that the form's coming back. It's, he's a very, very dangerous player, and I, I would agree that... And Medvedev, really, for me, in terms of the players who could win the men's, it's Alcaraz, Djokovic, and, and Medvedev. He's the only other one I would put in a possible little mix to to win the title as as small as it is the third quarter this is when things start thinning out because as you said it's quite top heavy so Casper Ruud leads this one last year's finalist and it's tail so that's the top the tail of this quarter is Holger Rune love it when those two face each other and highlighted in here Korda, Manorino, Tiafo, Paul, Alejandro Davidovich, Fakina, public team they face each other in the first round just pop Ben Shelton in there in terms of the date well the first thing to say is you brought to my attention a really amusing tweet by Holger Runa now he knows where he's (laughs) playing on day one yeah court five um and he, he he put a tweet out saying like here's a map of the grounds if anyone can't find my court um so yeah I mean court five it's a I don't know I, don't, I was trying to remember the order of the sizing of the courts because I feel obviously you have the, the main three. So you Ash, Ash Armstrong, Grandstand. Then is it then like 17? Tw- 17. Then it's seven, 17, the pit. Yeah. And then it's like 11 well, and number, 12, isn't it? Is it 11 and 12? Because five is is that bank of three opposite behind the practice courts. Yeah. Look, look let's, be, let's be realistic. Five is just a court with a few like with a bit of a stand it's not it's not it's not in not any a way court. a show court is it it's not a show court. unless no, they've built a, a stadium court. that i don't know anything about and maybe they've got rid of no. courts four and six no and no. and they've either no. side gone a stand <laughs> yeah, i think no. i played on court five <laughs> <laughs> oh dear and, and he finished it with like hashtag i love my fans hashtag my fans love me it's like they might love you but they're not all going to be able to watch you if you all they are all out in force but it's uh there's yeah, always it's, something isn't there when it comes to scheduling because it's so hard with 128 matches in the day like of course it's really difficult there's always something that comes to scheduling there's always a question of like how did that get on that bigger court and why is that on that lower court and i think this is one of the it's very bizarre as the fourth seed 
the and a popular player. He's very popular. Fourth seed, genuinely somebody who's got a chance of reaching a final. Um, you know, I don't think he's going to, but like I, he's definitely got a chance. Um, very strange. Caught five. You got to take. Wow. But you've got to, you've got to take into consideration as well. A home slam will highlight their players, and there's a lot of Americans in the draw across the men's and women's. And you've got 64 matches on day one. You've got to you've got to show some love to your players. So understandably, and I get what you mean. Look, with his ranking and who he is, I mean, but you know, you've got even in his little section, he's got what, Corder, TFO, Paul. Shelton, and that's just his little. That's just his little third quarter. You've got also Eubanks is in the bottom half of the draw. Fritz in the bottom half of the draw, and I haven't even started with with the women. I know Taylor Townsend is is first match up tomorrow, so I guess he's just got to. Yeah, no, he wasn't happy, but the fans will find him. But they got to find him early, and they got to find him quick. So there's not a lot of seats there. So okay, so who's coming through? Who's coming oh, through the third quarter? The third quarter, I think Runa. That's how, that's how I'm picking. I, I think he'll come through. I mean, poor... I mean, Casper and Holger just can't get away from each other in, in draws, can they? It feels like they're always playing each other. They're always in the same section. But yeah, it looks like we're on for a Runa Rude uh, quarterfinal, doesn't it? And I, I think Runa will, will, will come through that. I'm going I'm to put TFO in the mix there. I, I'm going to give TFO... I'm going to give TFO a shout to come through and to... And then Bublik team, that's... That's a first. That's a first round match. Which, uh, in terms of looking out first round matches, and the fourth quarter, I think if you're Novak Djokovic, you're like, I am happy with how things have fallen. It is headed up yeah. by Stefanos Tsitsipas, who we said touched on faces Milos Raonic in the first round. And in terms of the people I highlighted, I didn't write that many names down. I wrote down Eubanks. I wrote down Massetti. I wrote down Fritz. I wrote Felix Ogieliasim. I only wrote Felix Ogieliasim because he's seeded. I mean, it's nothing to do with form because bless him, he's having a, he's having a horrible year. But, mm. and then you've got, you've got Djokovic at the bottom of that. And I just, I just, yeah, I don't know. And I was looking into Sitspass a bit more. And I know we joke that he's obviously very happy off the court and it hasn't really reflected on the court. I know he won the Los Cabos title, but in terms of the US Open, he's never been past the third round in New York. His US Open record is 1-5, loss 5. It's his worst at a major. And I was wondering, and it's just me again, because he's quite he's quite an introvert, isn't he, in many ways? And I know he loves sort of exploring and things, but I, I, I wonder if if the US Open is a is a good environment for someone who is quite sensitive, isn't he? sits past yeah it, it we've seen it be quite overwhelming I mean you remember particularly when Serena has played you know the the crowd it, it is it's over it's overwhelming really for I think uh, for a lot of a lot of people they really give it some I mean we talk about the we talk about the French crowd with their boos and their whistles and stuff, but there's the fact that they dish it out to their own players as well is always quite <laughs> hilarious. They're not, they give them probably more of a hard time than anybody else, but it feels a bit more like panto, like it's pantomime at the French, you know, they're, the, the crowd sort of really, I don't know, they enjoy that part of it. Whereas I think the uh, American fans in New York, I think, if, I think they mean it. <laughs> I agree. I they, I, you know what I mean? Like they really mean it. You remember what Medvedev dealt with with his booze originally in, in New York? You know, trying to trying to use that um, to his own advantage. But yeah, it, it feels like no, no. This this is a mob, 
and they're not happy with you right now. Um, do you see what I mean? Well, do you remember Osaka Serena Williams? I mean, I, I would use the awful. word toxic. I would use the word toxic in terms of the atmosphere. I remember we're in the commentary box, but I really wanted to leave the commentary box to kind of, because you've got it in your, your headphones and you're behind glass. And it was, yeah, that was that was an intimidating, tough atmosphere. I mean, it can be, it, they can they can be a tough crowd. Oh yeah, absolutely. I think the I think the toughest. But if you are the chosen one, if you are Serena, you, you could do no wrong. Yeah. It's not like the yeah. French crowd where they'll give you a hard time. You you can absolutely do no wrong. You your your hero status, like Federer was, like Andy Roddick was. You know, of course, if you're American, you know yeah. you'll you'll have that to your advantage. But yeah, if you are a chosen superstar, remember it's all about the show, the spectacular, the superstar nature of it. So it'll be interesting. Do they choose? Do they nominate Carlos Alcaraz as their new superstar? Is that is that how it goes? And Siontek as defending champions? I don't know. Most other people have nominated Alcaraz as their new superstar, so I, I honestly, I honestly wouldn't be surprised. So we've, I think we've all got Djokovic coming through that quarter, surely. I mean, oh, it's, a, it's a very comfortable quarter, as you say. I mean, you've got Sitsipas as a high seed in poor form. Wojciech Lissim as a high seed in poor form. Taylor Fritz has sort of been okay. Nothing really exceptional. Um, his actual seed, like his nearest seed that he's playing is Laszlo Gera, who's playing very, very well. However, a Serb against Djokovic, you just sort of, you know, you know he's he's the king and, and he'll be fine. Um yeah, I'm really fascinated to see how Raonic gets on. I'm, I, I feel bad because I'm sort of expecting him to beat Steph, which is quite, <laughs> it's quite harsh, isn't it? He's only just back. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm sort of expecting him to, to beat him and, and then see how he'll go. I mean, I think really Eubanks and Fritz have got to be looking at, at you know, potential quarterfinal place here from that section as well as Raonic. So your final is going to be between... Djokovic Alcaraz. Your winner is going to be Djokovic. Ooh, is that why? Is that Cincinnati based or other? Do you know it's not bases? Cincinnati based. It's purely that Alcaraz won Wimbledon. So, so you just you're just divvying. Well, you're right. not exactly divvying them up because that will be three for Djokovic. So if you're divvying them up, if you give Alcaraz, and they could split them for the year. Yeah, I don't know. I think um, I think Djokovic will. Yeah, I think he'll do it. I think I think he'll win. Yeah, you know what? I th- I agree with you. I'm I- I've got Medvedev in the mix, but Medvedev just makes me laugh. But I think because don't I think... you think that like the fact that Djokovic lost at Wimbledon? Because when we went into Wimbledon, we all thought that Djokovic was the heavy favourite because of the grass, and now like that's all been released. You know, he I don't think he's going to feel the pressure in the final. He's not on for the the calendar slam anymore. He he knows he's going to get 24 and equal that record. He knows surely it's only a matter of time. Yes, it's getting harder. Nothing's guaranteed. But I think I it just that Cincinnati, I think the Cincinnati has match has swayed me a little bit. I mean, it was, oh, it was good. Um, I agree with you. I will have, I'm tempted to put Medvedev in the final, but I think that might be a bit foolhardy. So I will go Alcaraz Djokovic and I, I'm with you. I'm going with Djokovic to win his 24th. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. 
Headlines from the women, um, Caroline Wozniacki, first Grand Slam back. She got a wild card straight into the main draw. We've got Venus Williams, age 43. She's going to be playing her 100th US Open match, which is quite incredible. It is also the third consecutive Grand Slam where the number one ranking is in place. So I think we've got some nice little bits and pieces to sort of get stuck into here and we'll come across the players as we find them. So let's start with, let's, should we go top to bottom again? Start with um, Iga Świątek at the very top, looking yes. for her fifth Grand Slam, second at the US Open. She is only 22. I feel like I need to say that now because I feel mm. we spend so much time talking about Alcaraz is only this or Goff is only that, but she's only 22. And she's won four Grand Slam titles and solidified her place as the world number one. I mean, I think I think it's quite exceptional. But interestingly, coming into this, she's been saying she's tired. And she's mm. come out saying, oh, you know, I'm, I'm quite tired coming into the US Open, which has led to a few people say, well, come on a second now. This, you know, hang on a second. This is the US Open. You've just got to sort of get on with it. Yeah, right. I mean, you, yeah, you do. But I think she's doing exactly what she did last year with the Bulls. It's just another, she needs to put an excuse, but it's particularly the US Open because as we said, the, the show, the hubbub, the furore, the talk shows, the everything that comes with it, the gloss of the US Open, the pressure I think is ramped up even more. And I think that she's just doing exactly what she did last year, just come in with some sort of excuse. And it's not an excuse as in a, in a negative way. It's just like Rafa, you know, every tournament turning up, well, I can't feel my foot. You know, I, I don't expect very much. And then he wins, right? And then he's like, oh, cool, I won. I, who knows whether he really believes that or not? I mean, y- you don't know how much it was sort of round by round or, or whatever. But, you know, he that he was the master of that. Eager's copying him. Just relieve, release the valve, the pressure valve, ever so slightly. Deflection. 10% yeah. and just, just, just to... Just, she can't blame the balls this year. Um, also, because she won last year, so <laughs> the balls were fine. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know why she would be tired, to be honest. It doesn't really make much sense. It's not like she's just won loads of things in a row, which she has done on previous occasions. The only thing she sort of added in that she probably wouldn't have done is Warsaw. I mean, she played Warsaw because she was Polish. She wouldn't have played Warsaw had she not been Polish. But that's the only sort of real addition. There was the earlier than she would have liked to exit um, to Coco Goff in since it wasn't that early but it gave her a few more days but she so okay so that I've highlighted let me know any names I've missed out. this is just the first quarter so this is Shiontek down to Goff that's the first quarter names for you Ostapenko Kudamatova Kvitova but that's because Wozniacki if she gets through a qualifier would face possibly Kvitova Jen Brady how good is it that she's back uh, Lynette Mertens Collins Andreeva and Goff so how does that first quarter sit for you yeah do you know I I don't think it's that threatening um I think look I think particularly after what happened in Cincy it would be amazing yep. to get a Shontek Goff quarterfinal to see that rematch very different at a Grand Slam but Goff is going to go in there with bags of belief she's going to have the crowd it's going to be a big court um and I think that could be a real scrap and a real quality match so I'd I'd love to see that happen and I can't really I mean, you know, sure, you know, I think you know, Goff could potentially throw in a bit of a horror and lose, but I can't really see who, like, why that would happen. I mean, Danielle Collins is unseeded there, a little bit of a banana skin because, you know, she loves a big stage. And if she could, you know, pick up a win or, you know, you know, she's got Frivatova first round and then Mertens, I could see her coming through those and then she would be playing Goff. So she could be a little bit 
bit more difficult. Um, could be Goff and Draver in the second round. I think that would. I think Goff would be five. So yeah, I think I'm predicting a Svantec Goff quarterfinal. Really, I, I, tough to predict who would win that, but that's what I'm saying. Yeah, because Goff's win at Cincy was her first win over Svantec in eight meetings. It's incredible. The, the the couple of stories in there. Jen Brady semi finalist 2020, two years on the sidelines. So nice to see her back and. And of course, Wozniacki, who starts on a big court against a qualifier. Massive court. She's, was she on Armstrong, isn't she? Armstrong night session. That's the second biggest court. It's extraordinary. Um, maybe they only had room for one Dane on a big court. And unfortunately, Holger <laughs> he went to Caroline. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, oh, I mean, I just feel the pressure. Firstly, the draw, playing a qualifier. This is a nightmare for for Wozniacki because a lot of those qualifiers can be feeling good they've played on the courts they've come through three rounds Wozniacki has won one match in three and a yeah. half years one match and you know no disrespect but it was you know to, uh, she beat Birrell, um in that match I mean she has absolutely no form I mean it depends right because there are going to be some qualifiers who would just be quite overwhelmed by being on Armstrong quite overwhelmed by being by playing Wozniacki and won't be able to play very well and she'll be able to come through no problem but there'll be others that it, it, this is all just she's still got to wait to see how her draw falls but if she gets one that's going to sort of step up and go oh hey I can win this then um I think she's going to uh, yeah, I, yeah I worry for her a little bit to be honest well if she gets through the qualifier she could face Petra Kvitova and We've touched on it's not Kvitova's favourite slam. She doesn't like all the noise and the madness, but it is still Petra Kvitova who you don't think will be one of those people that go, oh, look who's down the other end, I can't beat them. You know, she is one of those who would think, I can do this, right? So that's, but no, it'd be interesting to see once, as as we speak, they haven't placed the qualifiers, but that will happen soon. The second quarter, I find this quite, it sounds awful, quite an underwhelming quarter. It starts with Elena <laughs> Rybakina. It's, it's yes. tailed by Maria Sakkari. And in between some names just to lob out, Kostyuk, Tomljanovic, lovely to see Tomljanovic back, lots of injuries, obviously beat Serena Williams here last year in Serena Williams' final event. Kostea, Azarenka, Bencic, Mukova, Townsend, Stevens and Beatrice Haddad-Meyer. Am I wrong in being slightly underwhelmed by that quarter? No, I don't think so. But I think you've got, let's flip it, as in anyone could come through that quarter. It's very much Rebakina's to come through. And we talked about the change in the balls earlier. I think that's going to suit Rebakina a bit more at this slam. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you sort of anticipate that she's the most likely. But in terms of everybody else, like, have at it. Azarenka, why not? Why? <laughs> but but yeah. that's it, right? As in, this one is really up for grabs. You know, Mukova in there. Um, you know, you know, look, yes, Sakari, Sakari's always going to have a, a good chance as well, of, of course, being the eighth seed. But, yeah. I think that's a fun one. And it's the, the top half of the women's play on day one and the bottom half of the men's. Third quarter is topped by Caroline Garcia and it is tailed by Jessica Pagula. I actually wrote down a lot of names here. Right, are you ready? This is and I've 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 mm. lobbed I've lobbed the Brits in when they appear. So Katie Bolsick is in this bit. Um Potapova, Alexandrova, then the unseeded the dangers, the Canadian pair of Fernandez, former runner-up, and Andreescu, the former champion. Von Drusova, Wimbledon champion. Samsonova, Key, Svitolina, Pavlichenkova, and Georgie. I mean, how about that for a quarter? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, 
<laughs> it's packed, isn't it? It's it's the unseeded lurkers, isn't it, that you your eye yeah, sort of draws yeah, to. So definitely. you feel like there could be some upsets. I'm not sure whether those unseeded players would then go on a run all the way through, like an Andrescu, for example, or a Fernandez. But I could see Fernandez beating Alexandrova. I don't know whether that would then send her all the way through to the quarterfinals, but um, yeah, you could see um, you could see some seeds struggling here. I think uh, for sure. I mean, Pagula. Um, yeah, Pagula Svitolina potential of what would that be third round so they're the two seeds lining up that would be fascinating um, yeah I don't know right I mean Garcia she, she's just so hit and miss right she's either marching to the semi-finals or she's going out pretty <laughs> early to be honest um, so again an- another one that I think is really up for grabs and for Pagula okay quarters is her hurdle um, but she's got to get there, right? I mean, I think um, was it? I saw her press conference and they said, oh, you know, what's it going to take for you to get past a quarterfinal? And her response was winning a quarterfinal, <laughs> which, which, fair enough. That is the correct response. But like, she's still got to get there. Yeah. And it, it's a bit like Rublev. He's what, 0-8, isn't he now, Rublev? At Grand Slam quarterfinals. And Pagula's the kind of, yeah. women's to a version of that they're going to make the breakthrough you would expect you would think at some point and I remember last time you said that there was that little whisper you'd seen on social media that Andreescu might be going out with Yannick Sinner because she was seen in his box now Yannick Sinner this is just something that popped into my head did an interview recently and he said you will never know the name of my girlfriend well Which sounds like a challenge you think <laughs> Not to me, it does I don't care, but, but to the media. I think just going to go sort of covert and undercover, whoever the girlfriend might be. He said, you never see pictures of my parents. He said, maybe you've seen or you've seen a picture of my brother, but you will never know about my girlfriend. I mean, if 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 you are his girlfriend or to be his girlfriend, you might be thinking, well, hang on a second. Don't you want to show me off and say, hi, I'm your girlfriend. And if it is Andreescu, I mean, because she's quite active on social media. I mean, that's a challenge, but that's, that's a complete aside. But... I just, um, I was looking at Andreescu's Instagram today because we had the the WTA 50th gala on on Friday night where the, the great and good attended. And I was just sort of thinking the contrast of of the two. But anyway, so they're my musings. The fourth quarter is... Wait, hang on. Who do you have coming through that oh, quarter? Oh, sorry. Um, I don't think I've given you anyone coming through any quarter. Um, I'll have, uh, I think Goff is going to beat Svantec. I think the second quarter, Rabakina, Mukova, Rabakina is going to come through. So a semi-final of Goff, Rabakina. How about that? And that third quarter, I've got such a soft spot for Andreescu. I just, I just wanted to I hit. I know. We I all just, want it to happen, don't I just, we? I just want her to hit those heights again. Huh. Um, I'd, I'd love Pagula to, to, to make that breakthrough and come through. I think this is a so really I've got an upset one. in this corner. This court corner? Court. Uh, <laughs> this I quarter. Think, I think this is... I think this is really... I think this is really tricky. Um, I'm going to have... And it might be someone who's not on the list of names that I highlighted as people that could do things. I'm going to have... Uh, actually, who have you got first? Because I don't know. Well, in this quarter? Yeah. Third one. Um, Third Sam Sonova. You know, I was about to say Sam Sonova. I know you're going to think yeah, I wasn't, but I was. She's playing great. She is, and I, yeah, I think, I think, I think you're right. She, could, as I say, that I'd love Andreescu or even Fernandez to go on a deep run here. But I think Sam Sonova's the sort of dark horse, and I know she's seen her, but I think in terms of coming through, I could, I could. God, we're agreeing with each other an awful lot at the moment, right? Um, fourth, <laughs> qu- fourth quarter, um, Andrew Burr at the top of it. 
Arena Sabalenka at the bottom of it and just some names to chuck out there. Uh, Buskova, Krichikova, Kasatkina, Kenin. I always love to give Kenin a mention. Uh, Vekic, Pliskova, Jody Burridge, the other Brits in the main draw of the women's. And then a first round meeting between Paula Badosa, who's been dealing with that stress fracture in her back, and a 24th US Open appearance for the 43-year-old Venus Williams. Oh, Venus. Extraordinary. Against Badosa. That's uh, yep. it's probably actually. I mean, I was looking at the first round matches. It's probably only one of the only few to jump out. I don't think there there are any sort of there aren't many first round matches that you go, oh wow. Um, but that one, of course, just because of the level. I mean, Bedosa, former world number two, and Venus is Venus, right? So it doesn't matter what age you are, the quality and the class is going to going to be there on on the court. So um, yeah, fascinating. Imagine if Venus Venus still winning in New York. Amazing. Um, yeah, coming through that section, it's um, yeah, it's an interesting one for me, really. I think because of the balls, um, the changes, I'm, I'm I would be backing Sabalenka. I said it's going to suit a Sabalenka. Um, and I don't really see who's going to bother her too much. I would just have a little shout out for Zheng then, Zheng Qinwen. Um, yeah, I, I I don't know, I don't know why. I just I feel like it's brewing. I feel like it's coming. Um, for her it's not necessarily any you know lights out I mean she just won a title in Palermo but of course that was on the clay um, you know she lost to Sviontek in Cincy that was in three sets but I just I, that first set that she played I thought was great um, yeah I don't know I think it's 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 possible it's coming maybe I'm at the wrong slam I don't know maybe it should be at the French on the clay because she does enjoy the clay but I don't know uh, to be honest it's more I've picked her more out of the fact that I don't really have anyone else to go to in that section, really. So who do you have coming through to the final? Who's your final? What? Who's in your final? Oof. Okay. Um, well, I'm going to have to put somebody different in there. Uh, somebody so... different from who? Well, as in like not just Siontek and Sabalenka. Because <laughs> we've got but, Carlos but, I mean, and that, Djokovic, if, haven't we? So, if, But if if that's what you think... I mean, if that's what you think, I mean, I'm going to... Okay, you go I'm gonna, first. Uh, uh, I, I'm going to have Goff against Sabalenka. Hmm. Interesting. I'm going to have Goff coming. I'm going to have Goff coming through. I mean, I don't know if, again, I'm just getting... I mean, she's, look, she's 11-1 and one this summer on the hard courts, you know, building with, with a new pair, Reba, who came in at Eastbourne and, and Brad Gilbert's there as well, and then winning Washington, the 500, and then coming and winning Cincinnati and and dealing with the, the Svantec issue that she had, having not beaten her. Maybe it'll be too much and it's still too soon, but that's that's my slight difference. Look, I think it's a good shout. I think she's playing great. Her forehand's looking full of confidence, which is big, but these conditions are going to... I know everyone's saying the courts are slower than they were last year, but it's still going to be fast. I think it's going to be faster than Washington and Cincy, uh, you know, where she's done so well. But she is clearly feeling good. Um, So, I don't know. I I still sort of fancy her out of that top half. I just don't think Shontek's going to make it. Um, In my bottom half, do you know, I'm really tempted to go Samsonova. Like I really, I really, really think that she can, she can do it. Um, But uh, yeah, so well, I might as well. Let's go Samsonova, Uh, and then I think that uh, it's just really tough. I don't think Shantae is going to make the final, but I just don't know who else to pick. I just Rebakina. That's what I'm going to say then. Rebakina Samsonova final with who to win? Oh, with who to win? Rebakina's going to win it. Rebakina's going to win. Yeah. 
Okay, so you've got Rabakina and Djokovic. Oh, did I say who was going to win? I didn't, did I? And I've got Djokovic and I think Sabalenka. Yeah. I just... I think that's yeah. smart. I think... I think... And in terms of women's first round matches to highlight, I know by the time some people listen to this, we'll be into the sort of second or third round, but I'd picked out Rabakina against Kostyuk, Stevens against Beatrice Hadadmaya, Alexandrova against Fernandez. Um, Georgie against Pagula just because Georgie makes me laugh because she never <laughs> looks happy and she crunches the ball and sort of struts around and Bedosa against Williams so they were just a sort of handful and for men's first rounds I'd gone round it sits pass Nishioka Vavrinka just might be quite fun uh, Umber Berrettini public team uh, Ogelius team against Mackenzie McDonald I mean I, f- I can see McDonald coming through that I mean it's just been such a difficult year for Felix Ogelius team and Sebastian Byers against Borna Chorich I'm not sure why I highlighted that. It might be quite a gritty oh, one. Byers just beat him in an epic. The, yeah, so maybe looking for the upset that one come through. So we've got our we've got our predictions. We're fairly similar with our predictions, and in terms of our schedules, once again we're going to be working completely opposite schedules. But this is good though because you're going to have the day session sorted, and I'm going to have the night session covered. So this is great. So I, I can fill you in, you can fill me in, and we'll be fine. Oh, we'll, have, we'll have it all. I didn't think we'll about have it that. all covered. So that'd be great. Because you're doing world feed commentary or you're, you're a sport commentary. Does it go right around the world or is it just in the UK? Where are you? Oh, oh no, it's not in the UK. It's just around Europe. Right. Okay. So, so yes. Anyone that's listening to this outside of the UK, Naomi's going to be your lead on that coverage. So make sure you tune into that for the night sessions, which is, you know, the big blockbuster matches are going to be on court. Um, and I'm with Sky Sports. Tennis is back on Sky Sports. It's really nice. exciting. exciting. It's very the exciting. Show. Greatest show. Uh, spectacular awaits. Um, very excited. So we get going 3 p.m. UK time, building up to, and we'll be we'll be showing. We've got live feeds from all 16 courts, so people can watch whatever court they want. But in terms of the studio, we're going to be with you throughout the entirety of the day session, and then you've still got the night session matches. So. Just and this at, is just UK based though, isn't it? If you're this is UK. UK based. But as I speak to you, I'm sat at my desk and I'm surrounded by bits of paper. You know when you write things on like little cards, but there's no there's no organisation to it. I've just got hundreds of cards with little facts. You know, you suddenly see one or you're here when you mm. write something down. So I've got to somehow get all of this into some kind of order, which, uh, yeah, that might take a while. So um, I'm going to go and do that actually now I think (laughs) Um, but we've got our predictions and hopefully we will get together if schedules allow after the first week and, and see what's what yes sounds good can't wait I look forward to it enjoy it bring it on bye